Welcome to Hiraith, the home of modern Welsh politics. If you didn't get enough of elections in 2021, then 2022 will be right up your street, as Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland and much of England head back to the polls. Joining us to talk through some of the changes to elections in Wales, as well as the elections bill making its way through the UK Parliament, we have Jess Blair, Director of ERS Cymru. Hello, Jess. How are you, Matt? Very well, and Happy New Year to you, Jess. Happy New Year. And Maddie Desi from Hands Off Our Vote. Hello, Maddie. Hi, how are you? I'm very well. Thank you very much for joining us. So, starting off with a nice, broad and easy question. All over the world, we're seeing challenges to democracy and the simple symbolic act of voting at the moment. Um, what is the state of democracy, would you think, in, in Wales and in the UK at present? And do you think we're in a good place? And do you like the direction of travel we're seeing? Do you want to start off, Jess? Yeah, we love an easy question to kick off, uh, especially an early January, early question, easy question. Um, in terms of kind of the state of democracy at the moment, I think Wales offers a little bit of a beacon of light in quite a challenging time. Obviously, there's a lot going on in terms of the pandemic, but we're kind of seeing steps forward in terms of our democracy towards reform in Wales. At the same time as in Westminster, we're maybe seeing steps away from democracy, if we're being completely honest here. So I'm looking towards this next year with a little bit of positivity, really, in terms of a Welsh uh, scale, at the very least. You know, things around like pilots, there's local elections this year that will be the first that 16, 17 year olds can actually vote in as, alongside foreign nationals uh, in terms of local elections. Um, and then I'm also optimistic around Senate reform, which I'm sure we'll touch on later. Absolutely. Maddie, I know you've spent much of the last year campaigning around the elections bill. Would you be able to talk about the bill and a little bit about your concerns? Yeah, so I'm campaigning on the elections bill in two capacities. So one um, one with the three million asking um, England and Northern Ireland to follow, to follow Wales and Scotland in allowing foreign nationals to vote in local elections. And then the second one, which is very much more applicable to Wales on the problem of voter ID. So the elections bill impacts Wales in that it is introducing voter ID in all reserved elections that's happening in Wales. So that will be our PCC and general elections. This is an un unusual one because at face value it seems like at least something that doesn't seem out of place at the polling station but unfortunately unlike pretty much all other countries that have voter ID we do not have universal identity cards in the UK let alone in Wales that means unfortunately if you don't have an identity card voting if you don't have photographic ID such as driving license passport and um, voting is going to be a lot more harder and a lot more inaccessible for you I will be elaborating a bit more on that later but another a few other things the other thing the elections bill introduces that impacts Wales is it gets rid of single transferable votes in PCC elections in Wales meaning we're going back to more first past the post in Wales yeah, I was going to talk to you both a little bit about that. That must be quite concerning, really, that it shows that the direction of travel in the mind of the UK government is away from proportional representation. Jess, how far away do you think we are from a true electoral reform at a Westminster level? I think we are quite far away from that at the moment. I mean... Our primary focus at a Westminster level really has to be on this election bill and the move away from the supplementary vote, as Maddie said, imposing voter ID. You know, there's one thing about trying to push forward reform and there's another about trying to defend our democracy and the status quo. And I think that's where we're at at the moment is really having to focus on defending the current kind of the equilibrium that we are in, because 
the reality is it could get a lot lot worse for democracy from a Westminster perspective so really I think electoral reform from a Westminster perspective is is quite far off down the line and our priority has to be on defending our democracy Adi, what do you think? I mean, we've seen we've seen recently we've seen the Labour Party vote against adopting proportional representation at their their national conference. Do you think that moves like this and and of course the elections bill prove to be quite a worrying time for democracy at a Westminster level? I would say since then, at least Unite, the biggest union that would have swung the PR vote, has now voted in favour of PR. So it's it's already a better picture. But at the same time, we're seeing such a different picture to how it is in Wales. So like Jess said before, Westminster is about defending this equilibrium that we've got around um, electoral systems. Wales is pushing forward a bit more. Um, and we're seeing how we've got these policies now, these already new policies in our elections at votes at 16, and we could be getting complacent and saying we got votes at 16, we've got, we allow for our national vote in our elections, we could be settling with this expansion of the electorate, but um, instead the Welsh Government's taking a bit more of an ambitious approach, and especially ambitious in contrast with Westminster, definitely. Yeah, I think in terms of the Labour Party at a Westminster level, we are seeing a little bit of progress from them. You know, at their last Labour Party conference, 80% of, of members actually voted in favour of PR. It's the unions who blocked it. And as Maddie said, those unions are actually coming on board even weeks after that vote. So it really is, I think, up to now the leadership uh, of the Labour Party at a UK level to really take this. And, you know, it's clearly what their members want, making this happen. I mean, we've seen that in Wales, haven't we, when discussions of Senate reform of our elections come to the table. You often hear in the Labour Party that it is the trade unions that are one of the biggest backlogs in terms of reforming the Welsh election system. So whilst we're on Welsh elections, let's go back to that elections bill. Maddie, you've talked a little bit about how it will impact Welsh Westminster elections and obviously PCC elections, but it won't have anything to do with Senate elections, of course, will it? So at face value, it doesn't have anything to do with Senate elections, but it's a bit of an interesting question and it's one we can't fully see the impact of straight away. But we got to look at the picture in Wales that's turnout in Senate elections is a whole 20% lower than it is in general um, elections. So if you're getting voter ID that will undeniably stop voters from being able to easily vote or being able to vote full stop then there will be an impact of this on Senate elections we can't say right now what this impact will be but it will be detracting voters so if we look if we at the end of the day it sounds a bit crass to say it but like Jen but UK elections are Wales's more popular elections and therefore when you're putting such a huge um, big policy in these elections they're going to impact our less popular elections when we saw this May in May 2021 all of the new newly franchised young voters all of these voters now will be go voting for either first or second time in a Westminster election under a policy of voter ID. If this is your first time voting under voter ID and you are unable to vote, it clashes with this precedent we are setting, the Welsh Government is setting in Wales by having votes at 16, this precedent of voting as a habit. Yes, what has the Welsh Government reaction been like to the elections bill? 
Um, I think it's fair to say it hasn't been positive. Uh, the council generals come down pretty hard on a lot of measures in the election bill, particularly voter ID and just issues around general consent and the way that um, the UK government has approached this legislation too. Uh, so they have issued a number of papers uh, talking about um, refusing a legislative consent motion and a Senate committee also recently also came down rather harshly on Westminster. I think the reality is both Scotland and Wales are likely to reject this legislation and if in effect it will be uh, imposed on them unless the Westminster Conservative government actually pause and rethink. Maddie, so one of the big contentious things about this elections bill is the voter ID issue. Why is that so problematic? I think it's the controversial nature of the very subject of voter ID. The second it's brought up, it's so uh, some people just take it as such a normalised addition to elections um, because it's like I said before, at face value, it seems normal and okay at least, when in reality it's such a danger to our elections. We could be seeing such a dramatically different franchise that is a lot less diverse, that is a lot less inclusive of marginalised communities such as disabled voters, homeless voters, young old voters and trans and non-binary voters and black Asian minority ethnic voters. This is a huge amount of people um, already who I would say are marginalised from political spaces being um, excluded from the most basic political process. I think as well when we think of voter ID in Wales this May the PCC and Senate elections actually happened on the same polling day. If a voter shows up to vote without ID um, it puts a lot of responsibility on the poll worker to, to decide, will this person be not just denied their vote in a PCC election, but will they be in a vote in, a sen in the Senate election too? So this actually risks voters in devolved nations being denied a vote in elections they have every single right to vote in. It's really, really dangerous piece of legislation. And I would also say what the government is saying to refute the idea of voter ID. So they're saying you're going to have a free voter voter card scheme, a free electoral identity card scheme, which is great, except for the fact that one, it is projected to cost £180 million pounds over the next 10 years. This cost will be borne by local councils. It is not going to be funded by central government. And then two, that is the only detail we have about this free identity card scheme. It went for this to be the main defence against the disenfranchisement of millions of people is quite, it's been given way too little detail. There needs to be a lot more detail about how exactly this will be run, because at the end of the day, this is a very serious piece of legislation that is going to be affecting voters who are the core of elections. And for the one defence about it to not even have received any amount of detail about how it will work is really, really worrying for the future of UK, but Welsh democracy too. Absolutely. I think what Maddie said there is completely spot on. The reality of this legislation is it will disenfranchise people. The people it disenfranchises will be um, you know, unrepresentative. It will target the most vulnerable in our society and those already at risk of disenfranchisement. And the cost of it is just... You know, if Welsh Government was spending this kind of money on removing barriers to voting, there would be uproar. So why are we spending money when it's adding barriers to democracy? What is the justification for this move, though? I mean, on the face of it, it appears as though the UK government's justification is to prevent voter fraud. But as we know, cases of that are hilariously low. So what's the actual motivation, Maddie? 
So just to be a bit more specific, there have been two convictions of voter fraud since 2017. If we think about the amount of people in Wales not voting and the amount of people in Wales, this will then exacerbate this problem so much. It is so far from justifiable. It is crazy that they're going forward with this legislation. I think it could you could say it's beneficial to those who whose votes are not from those groups that will be marginalized by voter ID. But I also think it's quite a catchy tactic, isn't it? So it's a it's a very easy way to to suppress voters um, because the very people who are who are going to be affected by this will agree with it, um, unfortunately, because at the end of the day, um, supporters of voter ID are going around saying it's easier to um, go and collect a parcel from the post office than it is to vote. That is factually incorrect. You don't need voter ID to collect a parcel. You need an ID, which even the Conservatives understood that originally because their 2019 manifesto pledged that, yes, we'll introduce um, ID to elections, but it won't be photo ID. It's, so that means your debit card um, and a whole other um, wide amount of ID cards could be, could be accepted. But the actual piece of legislation is has gotten way more narrower than it was in the first place. And it's been defended and carried to and carried through by these catchy reactionary ideas, which is really unfortunate and quite worrying. Yes, what do you think? Because, like Maddie says, if this legislation is getting narrower and narrower in its remit, how can that be justified? I think the reality is it, it's quite funny that this is being proposed by a government who only recently uh, had trouble getting through their proposals around a vaccine passport. So it really does feel ironic that on one hand they're proposing ID and on the other hand their backbenchers are opposing it. Um, so it really is a funny one for me and I can't quite grapple with the reality of why this is being introduced at this time when, as Maddie has quite rightly pointed out, there are very few cases of voter um, fraud going on in the UK. So looking at the elections we've got this year, obviously Wales goes to the polls to decide who runs its local authorities. What election system can we expect to be in place across Wales for this, Jess? So uh, the local elections this year for the 22 local authorities will be done by first past the post. And our hope is that these will be some of the last elections done in Wales for local authorities on that basis. Uh, after these elections, councils will get the option to uh, vote to move to the single transferable vote, which is a much more proportional system. But, you know, I think we're realistic that this is probably going to, oh, I hate using this phrase, be a process, not an event. It's going to be not... You know, it's not going to be that all 22 authorities immediately vote for this reform. It requires a two-thirds majority. A vote can only happen once. It has to be done by uh, November 2023. So what we're looking at, I think, is now a real push to local authorities to recognise the advantages of basically adopting a new model of democracy and reforming our local authorities and engaging people and then encouraging others to do the same. So that's what we're really pushing for um, after May this year. But there's so many opportunities heading our way with this election. It is really quite exciting. Do you think there's any danger that giving the decision to the local authorities themselves will just ensure that those in power keeps the system which most benefits them? Yeah, I think... Obviously, uh, the ideal would be that local authorities were all um, were all voting this time round under an STV system, and leaving it to a two-thirds majority is is obviously a really high threshold. But in reality, it's the situation we're in. 
It's not unprecedented. We've seen uh, permissive PR, as it's called in New Zealand, but it's not been kind of that widespread. So I think this is more an indication of a tentative Welsh government and their interaction with local authorities than it is of, of kind of where local authorities stand at the moment which is really a mixed bag. I mean, we've been out in the country speaking to councillors and there, there, is, there are pockets of support. It's just whether we're going to meet that two-thirds threshold and having that kind of high threshold there when it's not there for other kind of policy areas is a really challenging uh, reality for us. Two months ago, we interviewed a, a Scottish guest who, when we were talking to them, raised the idea that some people find it quite challenging having three different electoral systems quite find it quite confusing do you, do you think that is really the case and if so whose responsibility is it to deal with that confusion and educate people about the elections that they're using maddie do you want to come in first and then jess i saw it myself this may was my first time voting and a lot of my friends so i said register to vote go vote after the election they they were a bit like i'm not quite sure who i voted for because i just got confused by the papers when i got to polling booth but i i think it's more a case of like general political education because i i don't think that's great in wales and i think it's the big one of the biggest aspects of our elections that do need work on especially for young people but at the end of the day, I think keeping these systems of PR, even if at the cost of three different voting papers, is better than getting rid of some proportionality in Wales. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And in terms of political education, absolutely voting systems have to be part of that package. But we've got a long way to go before we get to even discussing voting systems in our political education system, because we know the reality is it's really patchy out there, especially in schools. We know it really varies school to school, the kind of provision people get. So you will have some young people being like, oh, we learned about this voting system in school. That's really rare. The, the rest of the population probably doesn't hear that much about it. And the reality is they're faced with that voting system when it comes to election day. So there's A, stuff we can do in school, B, stuff we can do ahead of elections that governments, electoral commissions can be responsible for getting out there uh, in advance of elections and then better provisions on, on the day of elections as well. And really that kind of issue around political education is a tough nettle to grasp. I'm hoping we'll make some progress on that this year. So Jess, uh, earlier in the pod, we sort of danced around the idea of, of Sened reform. Where do you think we are with regards to the question of electoral systems in a reform Sened? I think electoral, electoral systems in a reform Sened are probably the little bit tricky part part of a Senate reform package, if we're being honest. The major progress we've seen on this is obviously with the Welsh Labour Employer Deal, and that's committed to um, between 80 and 100 seat Senate gender quotas. But the actual wording on voting systems is quite vague. And I think it's now up to the parties and a Senate committee to really get that detail down to actually move forward on this. The reality of that is it's up to the Labour Party. It's up to Mark Drakeford, what he can convince his party to get to. and that will, I guess, come to the fore in March's Labour conference, which I'm very excited to see what happens there. How likely do you think it is that you'll see a more proportional Senate rather than one which has elements of Labour backroom deals in it, trying to make it as proportional as they'll accept rather than as proportional as it should be? 
So in my dreams, very likely, in reality, I agree with Jess said that it's at the unfortunately is not an event. It will be a slow process. However, I do think this negativity, <laughs> to sum it up small, to sum it up succinctly, um, this negativity from Westminster might inspire a bit more maybe radicalism and excitement in how we approach um, elections in Wales. I'd like to think that would happen, but maybe that's just me being wistful. Yes, I'd like to uh, pick your brain on something. Obviously, in the wording of the cooperation agreement, they saw a uh, move to a Senate elected on a basis at least as proportional as the one we have now. Do you think that opens the door to some sort of super de with just an expanded regional list or do you think there will be a genuine attempt to get to a more proportional system? The reality is that there are conversations ongoing within the Labour Party at the moment and I'm not sure where the Labour Party actually at. I think there are arguments from all sides on all systems at the moment and there's I guess a bit of open dialogue so it's a really good time to actually have that conversation. That idea of an expanded hunt is one of those options. The idea of kind of a flexible list system is another. The idea of going full out for uh, STV is one that we obviously cross our fingers for. And it is it is on the table. I think it would be quite difficult for Mark Drakeford off the back of this deal to actually come up with something that will be disappointing applied. And I think they would find a enhanced AMS system disappointed applied it might not also be that good electorally for Labour and I know if I was in the Labour Party right now I'd be looking at um, modelling different systems under different sizes seats and probably making my calculations on that basis so let's kind of see where they land let's see how much political capital Mark Drakeford actually wants to expend in this because I think that's key a lot of the party will follow with him, fall in line with him and what he wants he has had a resounding success at the election he has that political capital to really go for what he wants here so that's what we're really hoping to see and those kind of continued discussions with um, other parties too this should not be something just decided by the Welsh government and by the Labour Party it has to be something that's decided on a uh, decided on a consensual basis. Do you think there's any danger that because Mark Drakeford, theoretically at least, won't be around for this entire term, that this becomes too difficult politically. And it's like we've seen with local government reform for generations, just simply passed on to the next person. That I think could have been likely, and it has happened in the past. This time around, we've got a, a deal between parties for government, and that lasts three years. It's also in the new programme for government that's updated and been that there is a commitment to an electoral reform uh, piece of legislation delivering incentive reform. It feels like this is the closest we've gotten so far. I don't want to count my chickens before they hatch, but there's a process, there's a plan, and I think we could get there by 2026 in the next Senate election. Further in the pod, Jess, you described Wales as a potential beacon of hope with regards to democracy. How confident can we be that that will be the same by the next general election, Maddie? That Wales won't backslide, you mean? Wales, the UK, where do you think it's going to go? Unfortunately, I think the elections feels very, very, very likely to pass in the UK. But just as fortunately, I think that the Senate reforms are likely to pass in in Wales. Um, so I think it's where these two conflicting styles of elections takes us, because at the end of the day, like I said earlier, general elections in Wales were a lot more popular. Um, and when 
and it did it I think a part of it rests on elect the timing of elections themselves because if you're voting for this if you're voting in a general election and you were denied a vote then a senate election a year or a period of time after then are you going to be as motivated to vote then but then if you're going to vote in a senate election first and then a general election after it's very different um you'll be a lot more motivated but then will all that work be undone by the lack of accessibility that are in Westminster elections it's a lot it's a lot of what type of cultures around voting are these two different approaches to democracy going to create um and what do they look like together because I think it's such a different scenario in Wales because I think unlike in Scotland we can see these elections are very of uh, quite polarized like they're very, just very very different to voters in Wales um so it's truly an unprecedented clash of what's going to happen um between the two electoral systems yes I'm gonna pick your brain on that question but also now it's just come to my mind you know with we, whilst we're on the topic of senate reform there's so much more to it than just elections you've got issues of representation as well like gender quotas etc as progressive as those moves are, I can't see them being embraced wholeheartedly by Westminster either. But what do you think the sort of reaction across the UK would be if these really progressive, positive moves were taken in Wales? Do you think that places, other, other governments would want to learn from that? Or do you think they're just so set in their, their old ways? I mean, if you'd asked me this six months ago, I probably would have been a bit pessimistic. But recently, I felt that there have been, especially within the devolved administrations, a lot more uh, productive conversations ongoing. You know, it's the same with the third sector and the kind of academics I work with. There's kind of a lot more discussions about devolved democracy uh, going on at the UK at the moment that really excites me. So I think there is that platform for learning or that potential for learning. It does feel to me that what Wales is doing isn't because it wants other nations to learn from it. it. We're doing this in Wales because it's right for our electoral system and it's right for our democracy. We need to see a more representative Senate. The fact that we've only this year just elected the first black and Asian, Asian ethnic minority woman is something that should really still embarrass us. You know, we need to see that um, extension of representation through gender quotas, but also through broader diversity quotas, and hopefully something the rest of the world will learn from. But it's not just because of that that we should be doing it. Lovely, very easy question to, uh, to finish. If there was anything that you would suggest other people to now start campaigning on in order to improve our democracy in Wales and in the UK, what would it be? Uh, Jess, and then we'll go to Maddie. That is not an easy question. I'm glad you started me off with an easy question at the beginning of this podcast, but we're not ending with one. I guess there are two things really, I think that could really make a difference if people were to get behind it. And firstly, that's around diversity, which we've just touched upon and improving the representation of our politics, you know, making our politicians and our political institutions much more representative of the people they serve is crucial to having people actually engage with them and making sure that they feel seen and represented. Um, and the second, I think, is engagement. We've, you know, we've touched a little bit on political education this year at the elections, there's going to be pilots on voting in different places and on different days there's going to be a lot of money pumped into uh, encouraging registration it's all about how we engage in our politics and making sure that we have a healthy and thriving and representative dem democracy yeah so i completely agree with jess um on the engagement part especially because i think and we've spent this whole podcast talking about how wales has these perhaps more inclusive and welcoming systems of voting but if people aren't making the most of them by not voting in the first place it's quite worrying um and i so i think 
there needs to be a greater push for democratic engagement, but also with that will never happen without appropriate political education. So not just Westminster's political systems, but our own ones as well. I think that's more important than anything. But also, I think just the idea of voting itself needs to be made a lot more approachable. I was talking to um, one of my Conservative members of the Senate from North Wales about voter ID, and he said, whilst he didn't um, oppose it, um, he's he found he did agree with me that the concerns of disillusionment with voting that are around people my age are, are young people today in Wales, and how for him voting was one of those things you do when you turn eighteen, just as it is buying a beer, etc. Um, and it's. And I totally agree with him. It's not like this for us. It's something that you're lucky if you know about. And I think whilst our systems are becoming more inclusive, there is a chance that voting will become exclusive. And that's not something that needs to be happened, something that needs to be fought um, by everyone who can. An absolute pleasure to talk to both of you. Thank you so much for coming on. If people want to hear more from you, where can they find you on Twitter? Maddie? Just my name, Maddie Desi, D-H-E-S-I for Desi. Wonderful. And Jess? I'm at JessBless7 or at ERS Cymru. Wonderful. Thank you very much to both of you again for coming on. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard this evening, please do not forget to find us on Medium at HereWriteBlog Cymru, on Facebook at HereWriteBlog Cymru, and on Twitter at HereWriteBlog. Thank you for listening to HereWrite. If you like what you heard, please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review.